This podcast is proudly brought to you by Adventure Professionals. www.adventureprofessionals.com.au For me, Mission Ridge and Brigade Hill, the whole Kokoda campaign, more people need to know about it. I know everyone knows someone who's trekked Kokoda, but to actually understand the stories of what these young guys did, it's harrowing what they went through. They were staunch to the end against odds uncounted and they fell with their faces to the foe. Welcome to the Kokoda Track Podcast, hosted by former soldier Glenn Azar. This is the place to hear stories from those who've trekked Kokoda and gain tips and knowledge about what to expect on the track or to relive your own amazing experiences. The Kokoda Track Podcast, keeping the spirit of Kokoda alive. G'day team, Glenn Azar here, welcoming you back to the Kokoda Track Podcast. Now, what's the most important thing that we can talk about this week that is going to be of use to you, and it has to be around the coronavirus and everything that's happening. Now, unless you've been under a rock, you'll know that the world's gone a little bit crazy at the moment, and with that, obviously there are restrictions on overseas travel, or certainly where people must uh, self-isolate for 14 days upon returning into Australia from overseas travel. At this point in time, as I record this, Trips to New Guinea are still going ahead for a lot of companies. I know we've certainly got people that are still keen to go ahead. But if you're going for Anzac or anytime soon, please keep your ear to the ground and just keep listening to what's happening because that could change at the absolute drop of a hat. We don't know what's going to happen. We are keeping uh, on top of this as best we can. Uh, If you're unsure, uh, feel free to reach out to me and I'll give you whatever latest info I've got. It's just Glenn with two N's at adventureprofessionals.com.au. Of course, if you're trekking with someone else, you're still welcome to ask me those questions. But if you're trekking with someone else, I've got no doubt they will be able to give you up-to-date information as well. Now, the big decision for people is not so much the safety of travelling over to New Guinea and and what will happen over there, although I will come back to that. It's more around the fact that do you have the time and ability to self-isolate for 14 days? Now, a lot of people don't have time for that, and that's obviously a huge consideration as to whether they do or do not go. Now, I'm still taking bookings for trips July, August and September, for example, and I know that, or I believe, that's probably a better better way of putting that, I believe that we will have this problem sorted out well and truly by then. Now, I could be wrong. Um, I don't know how all companies operate, but let me tell you what's happening for those of you trekking with adventure professionals. There will be no one losing their trips or no one will lose money. Now, insurance companies with travel insurance are not refunding due to this being a pandemic. However, everyone that has looked at changing, and I've had one whole group which is all from one company, including the owners and their top managers, of course, they can't all be isolated for 14 days when they get home. They were going pre-ANZAC so that they would be away through the Easter period already, so they had as few days away as possible. So the idea of a 14-day isolation is just for the whole entirety of that team is just a no-go at this point in time. Who knows what happens down the track anyway, but let's understand why they made this decision. Now, we have not lost anything other than an $80 transferral fee with Air New Guinea for the changes of their flights. All of their ground operations, we can't get a refund because it's already paid overseas, but what is happening is it's all been able to be pushed to another date, and that can be in six months, 12 months, two years, really. It doesn't really matter. 
So no one is going to lose their money, certainly with us at Adventure Professionals. And I do believe that would be the same for all adventure companies. They would all be in the same boat. Now, this is a devastating thing worldwide. For those of you that have looked forward to this trip for some time, that are training for this trip, that have put in all the hard work, that have maybe spent years talking about doing something like Kokoda, it's devastating. Not that you will never get to go, because you will get to go, but more that you won't get to go at the time that you thought. But spare a little thought for other people. I mean, obviously, the world's in a bit of a meltdown at the moment, and and there's a little bit of craziness out there. If you've been shopping, you'll certainly have experienced that. Uh, It's a chance for us to lead. It's a chance for us to find the calm in the chaos, which is something I talk a lot about on the Building Better Humans Project podcast, which is my personal development podcast. But also spare a thought for the people of PNG, and in fact, other countries with other trips, whether it's the Everest Base Camps and Nepal and so on. A lot of these local populations are third world countries or not far off it if they're not. They rely on this income. So it's very tough for them as well. Nobody wants to have to cancel trips. No one really even wants to have to postpone trips. So whilst it can be an inconvenience to us, uh, just bear in mind that nobody wants this to happen. We're making these decisions as we know what's happening. For me, so far, I'm confident And I may be a little bit naive, but I'm confident that we may still get our Anzac trips out. However, I also understand for some people that getting out is not the problem, it's getting back in in the 14 days. So if people need to cancel or more to the point need to postpone, we're able to do that for them. The sooner we know, the better. So I trust that your company will do the same for you. So make sure you reach out to them, stay in contact and just find out what's happening. Trekking Kokoda is just one piece of all this, of course. There's all of the rest of our lives. There's all the, you know, the shortages of everything from pasta and rice to toilet paper at the moment. I feel like the world's gone into a bit of a meltdown. After 17 years in the Australian Army, I feel more relaxed about this stuff because I know we practice and drilled for these sort of scenarios time and time again during my 17 years. And I know that the government of the day, whoever that is, is going to do what they can to control the situation, doing the best they can with what knowledge they have. And as they learn more, they will do better. The best thing we can do is all just to stay calm, to just, you know, think through this stuff uh, fairly controlled. I say keep training, keep training as if you're going. And if you find out for whatever reason that they cancel these trips and we can't get over there for another six months or three months or whenever it might be, Just be really relaxed and flexible, which for those of you who may not have experienced PNG before, that'll be a helpful skill anyway. Because one thing I can tell you about PNG is island time is a very real thing. People are very, um, very laid back, very relaxed. And as Westerns, we can be a bit antsy and a bit, you know, I would even go as far as to say aggressive or passive aggressive when dealing with people, you know, over counters and so on. And it doesn't work well with the PNG people. They're very shy. They're very quiet. And they'll tend to just withdraw and it'll take you longer to get something done. So they're not a, a society that suffers great pressure. They just kind of cruise along and relax. And it's one of the things that you'll learn to love about them the most. So I guess we're getting a little dose of having to take that step back ourselves, having to be a little bit more mindful. I feel like the country, um, the Western society, not just our country, but Western society probably needs that. So in a way, this has been a timely wake-up call if you want to look for the silver lining through everything that is happening. Now, there are dangers, of course, if we do get to go over that you might have it and may be asymptomatic. And again, uh, I'm a qualified registered nurse. I don't practice anymore, but I am a qualified registered nurse. I have read all the scientific data on this rather than just 
you know, opinions on social media and, and so on. But you may be asymptomatic. It, it seems to be this, the, the guesstimates, I guess that's all they are, is 80%, even higher, 80 to 90% of people who end up with coronavirus will remain asymptomatic. So that's something to consider. Being that, I think if you're going to go into a country, any country like PNG or whatever, get checked out. If you do find out that you've got it, even if you're asymptomatic, then that might be an opportunity for you to say, I would need to postpone because I don't want to carry this into the country, which at this stage is largely unaffected. uh, And we don't want to drag that across the track and into the jungles, of course. Now, questions I've been asked, what happens if we show signs of coronavirus out on the track? You know, what happens as far as travel insurance, not looking after us, etc.? Your medical insurance will still kick in, of course, depending on your width. We highly recommend Covermore, and they certainly will still evacuate you off the track. And to understand how that works, well, let's, I'll give you this first. The signs and symptoms are pretty much the same as the flu. If you go through and read them, there's not much difference um, from the flu. So there's not much chance that someone could actually diagnose you as corona, particularly if you're fit and healthy, and I assume going on Kokoda you should be. Uh, so most people, myself included, or doctors, aren't really going to be able to diagnose that out on the track. Uh, however, if you were unwell enough and you were fearful enough of any type of flu-like symptoms, which truthfully would be normally not enough to fly off the track, but say you decided, or, or the medic on your trip, if you have a medic decided, look, we need to fly them off the track. Uh, I know with my team and myself as a medic, if I make that decision... I write a submission to the insurance company as to why I made that decision. And to this date, in in nearly, well, coming up to 18 years of operating on the track, I have never had a travel insurance claim rejected because I write a well-written letter as to the dangers of being out on the track with the potential injury or illness that I'm evacuating someone for. Uh, I give them as much data as possible. I'll be as helpful as I can. And they have always agreed with my side. And it's hard not to because I've got a lot of experience in these environments from my military time through to trekking and with a having a nursing degree. So what that does is it gives them the confidence to say, well, this is the right person on the ground to make that decision. And it's very hard for them to second guess that decision when they're sitting in an office in Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, wherever the head office uh, you know, of the insurance company is. So I've never had a problem with that. So again, the two points there is it's, it's going to be almost impossible for someone to diagnose you uh, with coronavirus out on the track. And two, if you do have it, it's most likely going to represent as a flu-like symptom and could just be a flu-like symptom. So we don't want to panic. And so the chance of being evacuated are limited. But if they are, you just need to word, or your, if you have a medic, not all companies take medics, and I get that, but if you have a medic, uh, or you were, have to word something yourself, say, this is why I made that decision, this is what I was feeling, these were the considerations, or for me, as a nurse, I'll say, this is why I did it. And again, you do that well enough, you support the, uh, the, the travel insurance company, and they would generally look after you. That's most certainly been my experience. For me, if you've always had a goal of doing this, if it's something that's really lived with you for a long time, please don't give up on that dream. It's, it will come back. We will get past this current challenge that the whole world is facing, but we are facing it. Uh, and I think the people way smarter than me, way, way smarter than me, are going to solve this problem and, and, in fact, are almost at the point of already solving it. It's just that it's hit on such a big scale that it's going to take time for it to get out to everyone. Now, is there some media hysteria? Of course. But I see more hysteria created by, by opinions and, and you know, unsupported facts 
on Facebook, to be honest, than I do coming from the media. So we've all got a role to play in this. Um, stay upbeat, stay positive, keep training, um, be prepared to delay your trip if need be, but do not consider that this means you'll never get to do this because that is 100% not the case. That's not what's happening here, I don't believe. And I've been around a long time and in my lifetime, we haven't all, you know, none of us have seen something like this. But we've seen challenges, we've overcome challenges before and we will overcome them again. So, Tim, I don't know if that is super helpful. I really do hope it is. Um, I don't have many answers, of course. Yes, I've read a lot of the scientific literature. I spent about five, six hours one night going through it. Um, you know, I've emailed all of my clients that are trekking up until Anzac, and I'll even email people through until July, August, September. Uh, it's really just about putting your minds at ease to know that everyone's doing everything they can possible with the information that we have. When we get more information, we'll make different adjustments and different, um, you know, we'll reach out and let people know from our side. Um, this is a very, very unusual event. And I just think as a society, we need to stay calm. We need to make, you know, conscious decisions based off the information we have rather than just freaking out. And again, I just want to reiterate, keep training and don't give up on your dream because the track needs you. Um, you know, the, those of us that love to tell the military history, we need you. The local PNG population needs you. And we really do want you back out there on the track as soon as possible. So there'll come a time where we have to make a call depending on when your trip is. Um, but please don't make rash judgments uh, based off the hysteria that is out there a little bit at the moment. I hope that gives you some confidence and I'll be back again next week to interview someone again and talk about the Kokoda track. The bond between Aussies and the people of Papua New Guinea was forged in war and it endures in peace. We've felt that friendliness, that special connection in the comforting presence of our porters and in every small community along the Kokoda Track. Okay, guys, thanks for tuning in. It would be awesome if you'd share this with anyone you know that's going to the Kokoda track or that has been and has a keen interest in the track, its people and those that choose to trek it. The pillars of Isharaba say courage, endurance, mateship and sacrifice. Great words to live by and this podcast will offer mateship and a place for those that live and love the Kokoda track experience. Until next episode, live a life that inspires you and those around you. And remember to take time out to think about what's really important. What's really important. What's really important. Thanks for listening to the Kokoda Track Podcast. To get in touch or stay up to date, go to Kokoda Track Podcast on Facebook or email glenn at adventureprofessionals.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Let's keep the spirit and the stories of Kokoda and the PNG people alive. Book now and pay later with Adventure Professionals' interest-free adventures. Whatever your adventure, whether you want to climb, trek, dog sled or any of our amazing adventures, you can book them now and pay later. There's no more waiting around. 
Our interest-free adventure offer is a quick and easy process. You will usually have confirmation within 24 hours. Then it's time to get your passport ready because you'll be on your way. Don't break your bank for your next adventure. Keep control of your cash flow. Life's too short not to take that holiday and enjoy that adventure. Contact us and let us help you out. Info at adventureprofessionals.com.au At Adventure Professionals, we put the world at your feet.